Today on the On Enquirer podcast, Jay Lehman is fired up about Illinois football and their 27-26 come-from-behind last-minute victory at Minnesota. John Paddock, Johnny Newton, Isaiah Williams, Caden Fagan, Keith Randolph, Clayton Bush even. Those guys got Jay Lehman fired up about what they accomplished in a big win at Minnesota and what it sets up for the Illini. So we dive into it. We dive into Luke Altmeyer and how he performed. And then for John Paddock to come into that last drive, Jay Lehman breaks it all down. How good is Johnny Newton? Is he the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year? And what does Illinois need to do to gain some momentum and for the first time this season win back-to-back games with Indiana coming to town this weekend in Indiana team that beat Wisconsin last week and has played better football in recent weeks. We'll dive into it all next with Jay Lehman on the Illini Enquirer podcast. This episode of the Illini Enquirer podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash Illini and get on your way to being your best self. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Well, therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of working against yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you and that therapist don't mesh, you can switch your therapist at any time for no additional charge. So make your brain your friend again and give BetterHelp a try. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Illini today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Illini. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time to catch up with our All-American linebacker, Jay Lehman, as we do every Monday. And Jay, we've had some wild late wins this season. Toledo, Maryland, and now Minnesota. I mean, credit to Illinois. Uh, they're kind of the comeback kids at some point. I, I give them a ton of credit. Um, you know, two of those had, 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 dare I say, miraculous fourth down plays for different reasons. One was the Casey Washington play. One was John, Pat- John Paddock coming in cold, who we'll get to. Uh, but, man, a Great job. It really hats off to both quarterbacks, uh, Luke and and, uh, and John, for this season and for this game especially. But also the offensive line, you got to protect to make those plays happen. And, and Barry Lunny as well, dialing up the right place at the right time to give your team a chance to actually finish a game. And we've been hard on Brett as far as not being able to finish games. But more times than not, this season, he's come out on the winning end. And that's progress for a program. Jay, I have confidence in this team on the road because the numbers tell me to have confidence with this team on the road. Under Brett Bielema, they're seven and five on the road in the Big Ten. They're four and eight at home. Like, mm. We kind of hit on this a little bit last week, but what's the deal there with with this program? Yeah, I I, I don't know if it's you know I, I certainly don't think it's like oh man we're playing so much better quality opponents at home. Yeah, probably not. We probably played more ranked opponents on the road. So it's not that I do. It is, I do think it is kind of an us against the world kind of thing when you do it, but also 
when you get at home, I think you get in your head a little bit with the with the apathy of the Illinois fan base. Uh, that's not a knock, but but when something bad happens, they kind of get in their head and say, "Here we go again," and they kind of feel the energy just deflate from the crowd. Whether it was the Newton, you know, penalty against Wisconsin, where it's like, "Oh gosh." The refs have it out for us again. Da, 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 da. You know, all the excuses that may or may not be true, uh, most of them not true. You play in your head, and that affects your performance. Yeah. So, can you put into context as a former player what John Paddock just did? It was, in a word, astounding. I mean, there's a lot of coach speak out there about a second team player. You don't know when you'll get your day will come. So, you got to be ready. And sometimes, it never comes. Sometimes your day comes in backup mop-up duty against Florida A&M, you know, whatever it is. Like, But in this moment, for a guy like John Paddock to come in with, I believe, no warm-up throws at all, comes in and on backed up 4th and 11 from your own 15, um, he didn't have a 100% clean pocket really on any of these throws. To move with his feet, throw a strike to get a first down, and then come back and hit Pat Bryant. And then if you watch it, really hit Casey Washington with the strike, but there was a timeout call, right? And then what he did on that final play, um, you know, buying time, looking off the safety, making a Newbin bite on Washington into the boundary, and, and then opening up that deep post to the number three receiver at that time was Isaiah Washington, uh, Isaiah Washington, Isaiah Williams, rather, for the touchdown. Just an unbelievable play. But I can tell you this, that doesn't happen by accident, okay? That guy has repped that in his mind. And I know his grandfather, John Wright Sr., uh, who helped me a lot with mental preparation in football games and has helped Illinois football teams for years uh, with mental preparation. I know he's played that scenario out in his head many times. And as Brett mentioned, might not have gone as good as he wanted to in the Penn State game, although he started rough, actually finished decent in the Penn State game. Got another opportunity, and it's almost like he had done it before in his mind, and it certainly manifested in a very tangible way against the Big Ten West leading Minnesota Golden Gophers and really, I would say, not save the season, but borderline saved the season to be a success for the Illini and uh, – He's proven if he doesn't take another snap this whole year, good. He's already proven to himself, to his family, to his teammates that he belongs at this level. And I think that's that's why college football is so special for moments just like that that can create real memories and emotions that fan bases will remember for years. Yeah, even if you know Luke's healthy and it's all good the rest of the year, Luke continues to play the way he did because I want to hit on that. Sure. Um, he has that moment, and, and to have that moment, I asked him what that means. Like, if, and he said, "Just special, just special." I want to hit on John Wright Senior. Um, yeah, you know, w- what did he teach you? Like, I, I didn't know he yeah. he had that kind of mental preparation. Game. Yeah, so I mean, first off, you need to know the legacy of John Wright Senior. You know, All American receiver at Illinois in the sixties, I believe 60, 65 through sixty seven, right after Buckus kind of came through and Grabowski came through. And, and his father, I believe, was a, was a track athlete maybe or maybe a football athlete as well, Robert Wright. And then his uncle, John Wright Jr., played in the early 90s. Uh, I think John Wright Jr. actually went to Champaign Central for a couple, for three years, ended up at St. Joseph High School for his last year. But um, So there's a, there's a Wright legacy, number one. And then um, right before I got to campus, they actually went to 
uh, John Wright Sr.'s property in St. Joseph, Illinois, about 20 minutes uh, east of Champaign. He has a football field, and he would do the rookie camp for Illinois freshman players. I mean, they used to have the freshman rookie camp where the freshmen would come in for two or three days earlier. But um, we did a lot of different things. I actually, it, it, he has skeet shooting out there and talks about mental preparation with skeet shooting. I personally had my bachelor party out there with skeet shooting and I had, uh, we went skiing, we went fishing, all this stuff. But what John was always great about, and I would call him before games is just walking through, you know, your process of preparation and visualization for how you're actually going to execute what you've been trained to, in the game so that it's unconscious competence, right? It's like, I get all these reps visualizing in my brain, the perfect step, the perfect play, step breaks down, what do I do? So that when I step into that moment, the moment's not too big for me. I've been there in my mind before and my body starts to take over. And so he used to train us all the time in that and having the mental toughness to have a bad play, to have a good game, to have a, to have a bad game and to move on from it. And not take that on as your identity, but take that on as, okay, a learning experience. Now, how can I grow from that? Let me get back to the positive visualization of this stuff occurring the way I want it to occur. And I know that he's probably done that with his grandson many times. And that's why I say that plays, those plays have happened hundreds of times, okay, in his mind. And that's how good athletes are. And that's the only way that you can you can you can make any rhyme or reason how a guy back up a backup like that can come in cold and have a, a passer rating of 448 and go for three for three and, and and 85 yards, really four for four, one got called back. But he's done that for a bunch of players, not just me. He's done it for NFL players. Uh he, he he's he's a he's a high-level guy, John Wright Sr. Yeah, it felt like Paddock was kind of like the flame-throwing reliever. Uh, who kind of comes in and replaces the the ace who just kind of runs out of gas towards it? Yeah, Luke was great for the first what three quarters, and then had some issues there. But Illinois quarterbacks, two hundred ninety-seven yards, four touchdowns, one interception, had some strip sacks, but obviously the protection was an issue. What did you make of Altmaier's performance? Well, before I get into Altmaier, I just want to also just give a nod to Illinois. This was the first time on Big Ten Network after the game, I just got to do a Big Ten Network. I just got to do an Illinois commercial. You know, basically, I it was, I was so excited. I was going crazy when they hit that pass off air. And, you know, that, you know, of course, you got James White and Anthony Herring. So there's a lot of time left. Da, 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 da. I was like, no, no, no. We got Johnny on defense. Now we're good. Anyway, so I was able to do the commercial. Shout out to Dave Revson. Let me actually do the final call on John Paddock's play for the post-game show and also for um, the uh, – usually that's what Dave would do, you know, as far as talking about it. So I got to do that and have a lot of fun. And so uh, thanks for – that was a memory for me because there's yeah. not a lot of memories in Big Ten Network that I just – I just throw off the the neutral gear and say, I'm an Illinois fanboy today. And I just I just went out and did it right then, you know. So, obviously, obviously, I'm, I'm at U of I grad, right? But, like, sure. when I'm in the press box, Jay, like, I love watching football. I love watching basketball. So sure. – I just have like visceral reactions and I'm in the, I go, Oh my God. Like, I just, I couldn't believe that that was open. That play happened. The moment it happened in like, there's just a visceral reaction of, I, I made sounds. Some people in the press box might've been like, Hey, be professional, but it's just so excited to see that play. Absolutely. No matter if you're a fan or not. And we've seen good and bad plays. And I've been like this in the studio and not done anything just in my, in my face. I was jumping up and down, and I think that's why Dave's like, I'm going to give you the call on, you know, the highlight. So, but you get it too. Like, 
you're professional. You're in there, right? You're with a, you're a bunch of different things. And we want to be totally not biased, but that was an emotional moment. So it's a top five win for me. I mean, I mean, for sure. Um, just the way it went down and who, how it did it and, and John Paddock. But I do want to talk about Luke Altmaier because uh, we've seen him get a lot better. We, first of all, we've seen the football team get a lot better. And here's the thing. If you have a can you tell I'm excited today? Like I'm back. Gosh, I mean, yeah. um, but we go forever. Um, when you have a quarterback in college football, you always have a chance. Do you, I mean, you can kind of feel that, right? When you have a quarterback, you have a chance. I thought for the most part, Luke did a tremendous job of taking what the defense gave him. Listen, they were not gonna let Luke Altmeyer run the football, right? But because Luke Altmeyer did it, is needs to be accounted for it opens up more holes for Caden Fagan right not just the offensive line but because they're accounting with a backside linebacker or safety for Luke Altmaier running the football and that's one less guy that they can block Caden Fagan so I thought he did a tremendous job of taking what they gave him number one I thought he did a tremendous job too of you know I, I love the tip Ryman play early in the game I thought it was just I thought it was a tremendous play call I like how they got the ball. They, they found creative ways to get to Isaiah Williams. Here's the deal. I'm not knocking on Pat Bryant, but Pat Bryant had the football for scoring plays three times in that game. Okay. And, and they were good plays by the DBs, but those throws were all on the money. And if you're going to be a top tier NFL receiver, all big 10 receiver, you got to come down with two of those three. Yeah. yeah. I, I wrote like the Minnesota DBs made great plays. The plays we've seen Illinois DBs make, the previous two years. Sure. But if you're a top wide, I agree with you. You got to find a way to haul those in. You, those are, here's the deal. you probably get, let's just say seven or eight passes a year where the ball hits your hands in the end zone. You had three in one game. Okay. A two point conversion, two touchdowns. That game's totally different. Possibly the two point conversion didn't really, let, but it's different if you catch those footballs. Right. And and you look at the stats of the quarterbacks now and those, and, and, and Pat Bryant catches those, it's a huge game, right? So so we got to look at those because those are big plays that I don't think people think about after the game's over. I do because yeah. I'm looking, I'm like, and if the ball touches your hands, just as if a DB, if, if the ball touches your hands as a DB for a pick and you drop it, there's probably four or five a year that touch your hands. You got to make that play. Yeah, and on the flip side, I thought Minnesota made those plays. Like Illinois had some good coverage. Kelly right. drops it in and – Daniel Jackson brings it in or right. another one on Zach Toby that they were able to bring him in. Uh, Bryant wasn't able to do it. No, I know. Absolutely. And so that's the difference in close games, right? Like you have, and, and that's not on the quarterback, right? The quarterback's putting the ball. You've got to make 50, 50 catches. And if you're going to be an elite receiver, if you're going to be average, that's okay. You don't have to make those, but if you want to take the next step. So I thought the quarterback play was really well. I liked what Barry Lunny did. I think he's gotten better as a coordinator as far as what we can do. Now, have we scored over 30 points? No, but we've given ourselves a chance each and every game. And I thought, quite frankly, the offense did a tremendous job when Johnny was out keeping us in the game. That was the key. I mean, we knew that Johnny was going to make a difference in the second half. We, we didn't know it was going to be quite that stark and that immediate. But it, it talks to the, the way he is a player. I'm going all over the place because I'm excited. But long, long story short, Luke Altmeyer, I believe, as a guy, along with Caden Fagan and some other pieces, is a guy you can really build around. Like, he's getting better. I think this is probably his 10th overall start. And you're seeing some maturation. Like, you're seeing his ability. But you also saw John Paddock come in and do some things that Luke Altmeyer could take note of 
of just the patience and looking off stuff and use, keeping his eyes downfield to throw. So some different things. Yeah, I noticed on that that Tip Ryman throw you're bringing up, did a great job of looking off to Isaiah. The interception, sure, the same play as John Paddock's touchdown throw, right? right. But Paddock looked him off, got Newbin yeah. to come up. Uh, Luke Altmaier didn't do that. And, and, yeah, and, that's and, what, and here's what I'll say. I, I think sometimes when I think about Illinois QBs, they're they're not great, and this is this is totally a theory. They're not great at looking people off. They go against man coverage every day in practice mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you don't have to look off nearly as much in man coverage. You do sometimes, right? But but you don't have to look off that much. And when they play zone as a defender, you are taught to read the eyes of the quarterback, okay? And so when you're reading the eyes of the quarterback, you're flowing left, you're flowing right based on where the quarterback looks. And so you're getting a heavy zone team like Minnesota is, a bend but don't break, a lot of times deep cover two. Iowa. Team, right? Iowa. You've got to really use your eyes to manipulate the defense, and that's why guys are wide open. I think that's something that Luke has to grow into. You've heard us talk about home field apparel since the start of the season. There are a lot of collegiate apparel brands out there, but we wanted to partner with Home Field because their designs are the best out there. Some of Illini Enquirer's favorites are the Basketball Ringer Tee, the Rose Tee, and the 1980s Long Sleeve with the Script Illini. It's great. Be sure to check out homefieldapparel.com, filter by Illinois, and see what we're talking about. And our listeners get an exclusive deal using code Illini23. Using that code Illini23 gets you 15% off your first order. We all know you're wearing Illini gear, so if you're in need of a refresh, we really think that you should check out Home Field Apparel, which has the best designs, and these shirts, guys, are really comfortable. Their designs are super unique, and a lot of thought goes into each concept. There's really nothing else on the market like what Home Field is doing. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com and use code Illini23 for 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com. Caden Fagan. Just a workhorse. Uh, he Is my internet good, by the way? I, I, I freeze yeah, that. No, you're okay. good. Okay. okay. Yeah, Caden Bain. 70 of 74 reps he played. I mean, that, that's that's a huge stat there. But For a running back, that's really that's really unheard of. Yeah. I mean, just so people understand, because that's a position you rotate a ton at. But 148 yards from scrimmage, Jay, he had 72 yards after contact of his 89 yards. I, I thought some of them weren't blocked up well, and he was just able to turn them into the yard. Right. How has he changed this offense? And it's the it's changed everything. I, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but it really has. For Because here's the thing. We have gone from having – I would love to do a study on our first five games, what our third and third downs were, like average, probably third and seven and a half. We're probably down to third and three and a half. That is a drastic change. That's because we've had success on first and second down. You got to stay on schedule in any offense, but especially in the Big Ten West and the offense we run. And Caden Fagan's allowed us not to have negative plays. When you can do that, you can stay on schedule. You put the defense in conflict. Is it run? Is it pass? And they're not just pinning their ears back and saying, okay, let's tee off on our offensive line. And I can tell you this, when a defensive line knows it's pass, it's a totally different ball game than when they have to have some run responsibility because they can totally freelance and go anywhere rather than staying in their gap, right? And so he's allowed them to stay on schedule, but more also he's put a different physicality to this football team, right? It's the attitude that you want to see. And I think that wears on people as far as defenses, but also brings up Illinois as a team 
they believe in that guy. You know, Brett made the Brett made the comment said they're excited early in the season to watch him run. Uh, what I sense is I sense a a a sense of belief, right? I also have a they have a sense of belief in Luke Altmaier that they're not out of football games, but they have a sense of belief that what they're going to do, guys. I've been on offenses and I've been on defenses and teams when they call power, you're like, okay, it's going to be a no game. Like there's you you really believe that it's not going to actually work, right? What I believe is they've given them confidence and. I give, I give Caden Fagan a lot of credit. I think he was not a very patient runner to begin with. He's gotten much more patient. I think his vision has been better. I think the gap scheme, again, that's just pulling offensive linemen, has been a, a better for him and his style. What makes Caden Fagan unique is his ability to accelerate out of the hole for a big guy and his ball security. I'm going to keep hitting his ball security. Guys, Devin Mockaby for P- Purdue has nine fumbles. You can't win fumbling the ball nine times. I mean, I don't know if Caden Fagan, I think he might have one fumble on the year. I, I, maybe none. I don't know. But but I'm not necessarily – I don't think the fumble was that he had earlier in the year was a, conse- a big consequence. But he's been great with ball security. And then we saw him catch the ball, and we saw him, quite frankly, um, outrun an angle from you know Minnesota's top defensive player. It was not a good play from Tyler Newbin who did – you know, as a as a defender, you have to you have to know and judge the speed of a ball carrier to take the proper angle because you have one shot to make that play. If you're like me, you take an angle where you're like, okay, 18 yards down the field, I'll tackle this guy because <laughs> you know I got to take the right angle, right? Because I don't have the angle to go get him, or I got to get him before he crosses the line of scrimmage. That was a horrible angle by Tyler Newbin, and quite frankly, I, it was because that Kane Fagan outran the angle. Dead. Like Newman didn't think he was that fast, right? And then he, yeah. I mean, Lindenberg could play in the NFL, and he just outran him. Yeah, no, Lind- Lind- Lindenberg's probably their second best player. Uh, he's been banged up a lot. They, I mean, Joe Rossi. I mean, according to the TV progress, that he's their best player. But he he out he outran him. I mean, is he a burner? No, but remember, guys, he's six four two fifty five. Like that that that's the equivalent of like a linebacker, a defensive end running away from everybody. So yeah. like. He's not a 200-pound back. Like, he's a big dude. And this is why everyone's so excited about him because he has that. But he does the little things that I'm, I'm excited about, the ball security, stuff that you don't see from young backs. Blocking a little better, too. Uh, Isaiah yeah. Williams, 17 targets in this game. I mean, career-high 13 receptions, 131 yards, two touchdowns, but 17 targets. Sure. Barry Lonnie got him matched up on linebackers. Uh, sure. They made it a point to get him the ball. Yeah, so, I mean, the last play is probably one of the best examples, right? So it starts as a two-by-two formation. We'll break this down on our film breakdown. If you're not VIP, go VIP now so you get that film breakdown every week. You can like, subscribe, ring the bell for notifications here anyway. I just do, you know, if you're not a subscriber. But um, anyway, I would throw that in there for you. But here, here's what he did. On the, on, on the last play, they motioned him in, right? And um, they motioned him to the three-receiver side, kind of get a favorable matchup, right? That's what they wanted. But in that cover, too, he was able you know, look away to Casey Washington a little bit so that Newbin kind of stays over there and then, you know, makes that great play. But what I, I, I love the bounce back from, from Isaiah Williams after that big fumble. That was a tough, tough call. You know, we were seeing this more and more. Lindenberg, great, great, great play by him to get the ball out. A ball carrier will relax with the ball as he's going down to break his fall, right? And so we see this a lot where they start to go down and the ball comes out, and then they're gonna they're gonna punch. And this is kind of a new thing since Peanut Tillman really made this famous. 
with the peanut punch, but this is what guys are trained to do to get the ball out. So it's a good play by him, but he was really uh, what I loved about Isaiah was unguardable. Really, I mean, 13 receptions in a Big Ten game. He's now the receptions leader past Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State, not in yards, but in receptions. Um, he's a dynamic playmaker. And they did a phenomenal job of getting him open in space. And to have a guy like that that you can always go to and get 13 receptions or get 10 receptions, that's huge for a quarterback. That's why you've seen the quarterback play get better. How do you think the NFL is going to value him? Because obviously I, Illinois is going to want to try and keep him. Sure. Another year of eligibility. But you know, five years in school, does he want to come back for a sixth year? How much money can you get in the NIL? Oh, yeah. How do you think the NFL will value Isaiah Williams? So one thing you got to look at is what is the arc of improvement? And I would say the arc of improvement on a player, especially a new, a new position for a player, has been pretty steep for a guy like Isaiah Williams. And when you have the skill set of Isaiah Williams, a lot of coaches, NFL coaches, remember, they're teachers. They just want raw talent, and they feel like they can shape you into whatever they want you to make. And so I think his stock has risen a lot over the last couple of games. Um I, I, I thought he'd be a late round guy. I could see him being a mid round pick for some of the, I'm certainly not an NFL expert for some, uh, for some, for, for a team that needs a position like a slot receiver yeah. or a punt routine returner. He's a great fit, great locker room guy. Obviously, you know, you're not going to have any off the field issues with him at all. And so I think he's got to be a huge priority for Illinois to keep if possible. Um, but he's gotten so much better since he started as a receiver and uh, some of the best hands, too. I mean, I mean, he, he's got really, really good soft hands. I know he's not the biggest target, but for what he is, and remember, this guy was recruited by everybody in the country to be a receiver. And there was a reason why, right? And we're starting to see, like, why was he recruited by? Why was Caden Fagan recruited? Maybe not for running back, but for by a lot of people to be an athlete. Well, we see that now, right? So we understand just the, uh, the chassis there to build upon something great. All right, defensively, Jay, Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph return. How did that change the Illini defense? Well, first of all, I want to give a shout-out to Keith. You know, I know he's cleared to play. I doubt Keith would, Keith would tell you that he was 100%, right? There were some slow um, jogs to the sideline. Uh, slow, slow jogs. I don't think people realize. I've, I've had three major foot injuries in my life, and getting off a block with a foot injury, you don't know how much weight goes through that toe, ankle, heel area. So when you're trying to drive, all of your weight, three or four times your weight is going through your foot. And so it takes away a lot of your power. A lot of people think that skilled players, you know, it's only affects them. But, man, it really affects the defensive lineman who uses speed and athleticism even more than his power in Keith Randall. So I give him a lot of credit, first and foremost, because I thought he was as active as he could be, probably not being 100%. Keith's not going to say, oh, you blame the injury. But I can just tell you guys. I, 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 you know, bet my bottom dollar, Keith probably didn't feel 100%, but he played. So I give him a lot of credit. Uh, Johnny Newton. I mean, from the very first series, I mean, first of all, to have three turnovers in the second half and still win, that's, I don't know if that's going backwards or growth or both, but, you know, it's, it's definitely growth. So we get backed up and you could just immediately feel the presence of Johnny Newton. Um, not only that first run play, but the first sack, I mean, he ran around the guard and then he ran the run around the tackle. It was like the old hoop drill that they do all the time in individual for these defensive linemen and his ability to close as Brett said, in his press conference is really unprecedented for a guy that's uh, 305 pounds, but the attitude that he brings, it's not just the plays he makes. I would say Seth Coleman and Oda Lucas sack was because Johnny Newton was double teamed. Yep. Right. I would say on the last drive of the game, 
Johnny Newton makes the guy, makes Kelly McManus step up and be uncomfortable, right? Because he's in his, he's in his face. Like we, it's not just about, it's really easy to track stats and we do it as media people. Oh my gosh, you had this, you had that. As a defensive lineman, it is disruption. And when PJ Fleck in his post-game press conference says, well, you saw number four was out there at second half and he was disruptive. When, when a coach says your name, your, your number, and, and IDs you as anybody else of what the offensive problem was, is like number four. He just disrupted everything. That is what a defensive lineman does. I'll never forget what Urban Meyer said. They asked him why Joey Bosa in his second or third year, oh, he doesn't have as many sacks as last year. What's wrong with Joey Bosa? He's like, have you watched the tape? He disrupts every play that comes near him or around him. That's what a – because because remember – Offense is about timing and execution. Mm-hmm. If you mess up any of those things, it's a bad play, right? The advantage is they know what's going on. But if you have a guy that can disrupt like Johnny Newton, it's huge. Again, I'm on my Johnny Newton love fest right now. But how can you not be, man? Uh, <laughs> Jay, you watch more games than me. I'm starting to think of like postseason awards, like you know, Caden Fagan. Can he catch Thieneman or Darius Taylor for freshman of the year? But I'm also thinking about defensive player of the year. I mean, he's on a four and five team. Sure. Um, and, you know, you got other guys like in Iowa uh, that are pretty good. Cooper DeGene's pretty good. Um, but where do you think he ranked? Like, can he win that award? Uh, here's the deal. If, if Illinois was six and four, I mean, maybe seven and three, I think he's the front runner. Just for how disruptive he is. Cooper DeGene um, has been, as a corner, you're more of a lockdown. He's been a great special teamer. And he's, you know, he does a lot of stuff special teams wise. And, you don't have a ton of stats like Devin Witherspoon, I think what is better corner than Cooper DeGene. Cooper DeGene probably does more special, does more special teams and, 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 and maybe has more hype than Witherspoon had. Right. Yeah. Um, but when I look at the tape, um, I would say the defensive lineman that, I mean, Chop Robinson's been hurt lately, but JTT, uh, JT Telemulia with uh, Ohio state, very disruptive guy, number 44. He's probably the other guy, and he's a defensive end that I would say, hey, I see this guy wreaking havoc mm-hmm. like every week. Uh, Nick Scorton uh, over for, for, for Purdue has had a strong year. He's not Johnny Newton-esque. Um, Jenkins, Chris Jenkins for uh, Michigan has been a menace on the defensive line, but they've got so many different guys. They kind of spread it out as far as who makes the plays. So I'm just going through in my mind, who comes to my mind. Abdul Carter's had a good year, not fantastic. He's very athletic. I think when you turn on the tape, rep for rep, team for team, and you look at, and you just took off the jerseys and took off the records and everybody's just got a white Jersey on and you're an NFL scout, you would say the best player in this, in this league is Johnny Newton. I just don't I just don't think there's a guy that you can say that is better than him game in game out snap in snap out for what he goes against and what he does for his football team on the defensive side of the ball right on the defensive side of the ball that was all, that was all defensive guys yeah. we go the offense we're, we're, yeah, we're totally different game yeah um three large Marvin Harrison Jr is the best player in college football but that's yeah. a whole different thing let me just say that I can't talk about who my Heisman favorite is, Jay, but I'll just leave it at that. Three <laughs> largely good performances in a row for uh, Illinois, Jay. Um, and, and we've had criticisms of the coaching staff along the way, but it feels a lot better when you win against Minnesota, but still, like they were playing well whether they had that comeback or not. Wh- what's been the key 
uh, for yeah. coaching the last three weeks to just play their best ball at this point of the season. Right. So first and foremost, the last three games is how I thought every game was going to go this season, right? I thought Kansas was going to go like this. I even thought Toledo would go like this. I thought Penn State would go like this. I honestly thought every game would come down to, and that's why I said we could be five wins or we could be 10 wins. And if you look at the schedule, I'd still believe that if we played like we did the last three weeks, right? So I, I I think the the difference starts with the run game and the offensive line. Nothing works if the offensive line doesn't work. The offensive line has gotten healthy and you've had a kind of consistent unit. So I think that's the number one thing. That's helped the run game with Caden Fagan, who's been tremendous for a freshman. That's let Illinois control the football. It's let Barry Lunny actually run a game plan that's not just um, – you know, playing from two touchdowns behind. So I think that's big. But I also think, too, the defense has gotten better at finding out what their identity is and, and what they want to be as a defense. And Aaron Henry's become better as well. So I think all of that combined is good. And let's not forget Luke Altmaier. We knew we were going to have some growing pains. I think he definitely had some growing pains games, you know, three through six. And kind of, you know, at times it was tough, right? And he took some shots. He was still gutsy and whatnot but he's improved each game uh the last two or three weeks and that's a big that's a big thing i've got a quarterback you have a chance jay the key of course is getting back-to-back wins they haven't done that yet this year and indiana's coming off a win over wisconsin uh they've been a little plucky here lately gave penn yeah. state some some competitiveness there what's the key for illinois against the hoosiers at home well, they've looked totally different. You know, Walt Bell got fired, I think, October 5th, and Rod Carey um, came in. Rod Carey's had some good offenses at Northern Illinois, and they have more of an identity. They've gone all over the place. So week one against Ohio State, they tried to run the option. That was a disaster, right, between um, uh, Brendan Sorsby and Taven Jackson. Taven Jackson. So Brendan Sorsby's taking the job. They have some athletes on the skill side. Donovan McCulley, big receiver down the edge made some plays. Jalen Lucas, uh, kind of an Isaiah Williams built kind of guy. And Aaron Casey, probably one of the more underrated linebackers uh, in the conference for sure, was just a wrecking ball. Nine tackles last week, uh, four tackles for loss, two sacks in that win was a wrecking ball against Wisconsin. They've improved though the last three or four weeks. Do I think Illinois is actually a better football team? Man for man, yes. Has Illinois lost to teams that they're better man to man? Yes. Listen, Tom Allen's desperate for a win. He's fighting for his job. He's fighting for a bowl game. This is not going to be an easy football game. And Brendan Sorsby is going to make some plays in the air. They're going to complete some passes. They're going to have one or two big passes. Remember, this is a team that had a 90-yard reception and a 60-plus yard reception against a Penn State D that totally uh, it has been dominant, guys. They, they were up on Penn State in the, second in the first half, and then it was a one-score game with you know two minutes left in state college guys this is a team that's vastly improved and certainly not going to be a cakewalk i do think we have a big advantage when it comes to up front we can run the football and i believe that johnny newton could have a huge day against this offensive line if he's let free jay uh before we wrap up i, I want to ask like, it's about getting to a bowl like the short term that that is what this sure. rest, uh, less than three games are about you're also trying to set yourself up for the long term with sure. this program. We know Johnny Newton, 
He told me after the game, this is my last year of college, breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you got some other guys you need to report. Yeah, I mean, we knew that one, but yeah, but, but it's good to have that certainty. Right. Uh, but w- what do you see? What what You mentioned Altmaier and Fagan. What, what, can, what, what does Illinois really have on this roster they can build around? That's a, that's a great point. So I think numero uno is trying to keep the two guys that I think are going to be most critical to keep is Keith Randolph, if you can, if he wants to come back, and Isaiah Williams. And those are two huge pieces for you that, man, if you could keep those pieces to build on, that's great. We've got to figure out – I think we've got some good young defensive backs. They've had some growing pains. I think they're going to be good. I think Xavier Scott's going to be really good. I really do. I think Miles Scott in time is going to be good. I think Matthew Bailey's going to be good when he's back. I think our, our linebackers have taken large, big steps. You know, uh, you're going to miss Tariq Barnes's experience. He's been banged up a lot this year. But I think Rosiak and James Cruz and Odaluga are going to be good football players. I think get, keep, keeping Seth Coleman for another year and moving Gabe into a defensive tackle position with Keith makes the loss of Johnny not that. It's always going to be huge, right? It but minimizes as much it as minimizes. Minimizes. I'm, I'm, you know. And then you've got you've got to win on the recruiting trail with some ready-made offensive linemen. We just simply we either need to have guys that are going to develop like crazy over the next year, or get some ready-made guys. I think you got the pieces um, at the at at the skill position. If you and, and I also think Tip Ryman's a big guy. I think Tip's got one more year. Like too, yeah. he wanted to stay. Tip's a pretty mature guy, though. Married, he might be done. He might be ready to move on. But I, I've often said Tip Ryman's an NFL. He's an NFL tight end from a blocking perspective, 100. percent But he's adequate in the pass game. I, I've always liked Tip. I believe he. And you get down on the field next to Tip. He's a big man. He's a big man. And so keeping some of those guys is critical. I also think there's guys that we have that we haven't seen their full potential. Malik Elsey, Hank Beatty, Kenari Wiltshire, um, you know, so, uh, you know, Jared Beatty. So uh, is it, no, Beatty? No, yeah. not Beatty. Uh, yeah. yeah, Jared Beatty. Yeah. So all, all, all those guys that I think, and, and some of the running backs that are hurt too. We've got four running backs that are hurt. Between Anderson, McCray, and Lawfrey, and obviously Reggie Love is probably not going to come back. But I don't know, Reggie Love guys could come back. He could. I don't know. So there's a lot of different things with the COVID-60 year. Yeah. All right, Jay. Uh, appreciate it as always. This was a fun one. Talk about a, a big win. And uh, this is a meaningful November stretch here. It, uh, totally meaningful. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go as far as say that we're going to win the West, but we certainly have a chance. I mean, if Iowa loses uh, to a Rutgers team, it's good. I think Rutgers is the fourth or fifth best team in the Big Ten. That's shocking, okay. but they're good. I think they can win. I can think win them. I think Maryland could beat Nebraska. Um, I say I think they play next week. I think. Um, Maryland plays Nebraska at some point, but you, those two teams lose and, you know, Minnesota wins out. It's there mm-hmm. if you win out, which is crazy, but more importantly, I think it's, it's, can you win these last three games against people you're recruiting against all the time? I think that's the big thing. These last four games are about people we've recruited against all well, actually five games. Six games. It's all about these uh, these West opponents, and it's it's our swan song in the Big Ten West. We will miss it. <laughs> we'll miss it dearly. But uh, you know, I did watch the uh, I did watch the Washington uh, USC game after I watched the Iowa Northwestern game, which was you know 169 yards versus 170 yards. I watched the USC Washington game, which was the total opposite. Alex Grinch got fired from USC. He's out. So who who's got a bigger adjustment? 
<laughs> the, the Pac-12 teams coming in or the Big Ten West teams? I, I, I don't know because it's so far on either side, right? I will say this. So, Washington is loaded with a lot of players that are going to be gone next year. Yeah. I mean, so I don't think Washington's going to be the team that we're seeing right now. Um, but, I mean, they're, they're a good football team. You watch them throw the football all around the yard, you know. I'm just glad he's not playing for Indiana this year. That's right. Michael Penix, Jr. JLM, you're the goods, man. Thanks. See you. This episode of the Illini Enquirer podcast is presented by Underdog Sports. We see a lot of you are downloading Underdog Sports, using the promo code, and having fun, which we love to see. If you haven't already checked out Underdog Sports, be sure to do so. It's super easy to use. You go on the app, go pick whether favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total than what is listed. For example, Travis Kelsey, he's very popular these days. If his number is set at 50 receiving yards, and you know Taylor Swift is in the house, you may feel confident he's going to go way higher than the number. Do that with two to five different players and you're in business. If you go five for five, you can 20X your money. So sign up today with promo code Illini and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with promo code Illini to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. There are a lot of fantasy companies out there, but we decided to partner with Underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. You must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call one 800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Great stuff as always from Jay Lamb and he's the goods. Appreciate his insight every week here on the Online Choir podcast and our film room was one of the most fun we've done yet. We go over Johnny Newton's impact, Caden Fagan's big play, uh, and then John Paddock's three passes. And Jay brought the energy, but he also, every time I watch it, I learn something new. Some, something I didn't see in the game that led to the play Jay Lehman always adds. If you're not a VIP member, go check it out, as Jay said. Just $1 to sign up, and uh, Jay Lehman's film rooms are worth it. And, oh, this is the time of year you get Michael Tulip's film rooms as well, and his last week was very, very good. A few updates from Brett Bielema before, before I get out of here. We just talked with him and the coordinators today. Luke Altmeyer, he is uh, got to get medical clearance. Brett Bielema did not specify what that injury is. I asked him if he had any specifics. He said Luke has been better, has gotten a lot better the last couple days, uh, but that uh, the doctors are going to have to clear him. So you can speculate that is. I would speculate, is it concussion protocol? Brett Bielman would not tell us that. But uh, if it is, we'll see how he progresses, if he gets cleared. If not, he said John Paddock would go and be the starter. But he sounded optimistic Luke Altmaier could be back. He said Reggie Love will practice full go on Tuesday. He did say Keith Randolph, they're going to hold him back this week during practice. Listen, I was watching Keith Randolph a lot through warmups and during the game. He was not 100%. I don't even know if he was 70%. But the way he played, <laughs> you wouldn't notice it. Um, during the plays, he held up great. I thought he put, made a huge impact, especially in the running game, run defense for Illinois. But uh, I think that's probably a wise thing because his ankle was clearly bothering him. On the broadcast, they called it a high ankle sprain. Keith said it was an ankle injury. So, yeah, uh, I think that's a smart thing. Get him healed up and ready to go. But uh, getting Reggie Love back would be big. Give Caden Fagan a little bit of a break. Give him a change of pace at running back. Give him some depth uh, in case of injury at running back. It's something they haven't really had most of the year, which we thought they would have. Um, no other surprises, really, um, from the press conference except – Boy, these coaches sing the praises of Johnny Uton, and we can all see why. Um, Brett Bielma and Aaron Henry, 
who've uh, been around some really good defensive linemen, said he's the best interior defensive lineman they have been around uh, at the college level. So I think that says a lot. Uh, but we'll have takeaways from that. we got a basketball game tonight at State Farm Center, the first of the season, as the Illinois men take on Eastern Illinois. Tomorrow, the Illinois women take on Moorhead State. Makaira Cook sounds very questionable for whether she'll play in that game. Uh, but the first tune-up game for Illinois women before they play at Marquette later this week. Uh, and then... You know, they got a huge game against Notre Dame on national television in just a few weeks. So uh, we're getting to that real busy season, and we're looking forward to covering it all at Illini Inquirer. As always, thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a rating, review, follow wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on YouTube. Hit that like button, subscribe, hit the notifications bell. And as always, go VIP. Just $1 for your first month of VIP access at Illini Inquirer. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.